الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم سلم كثيرا اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته everybody welcome to our first session of after hours your regular host here sheikh amar sheikh amar sheikh amar sheikh i don't know what i'm doing dr umar sudeiman and we have uh, amongst us for starting we are starting with the best inshallah ta'ala we're starting with brooklyn's finest the living legend allahu akbar Imam Siraj Wahaj. Uh, and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been appropriate to start with anybody else, Imam Siraj. We were we were gonna what? we were gonna put this podcast off for like three months until we're like until Imam Why Siraj. So. Are you brothers trying to embarrass me? No, I don't no like that stuff, all, man. Yeah. Honestly, man, you are embarrassing me. I'm just a little guy, man. Honestly, <sighs> for real. I, How many people have you embarrassed joking. on the court, Imam Siraj? We gotta talk about that. You've, got, <laughs> you've broken some ankles over decades, inshallah. You know that's what I did. I probably broke your ankles a couple of times too. <laughs> imam Siraj, of course, needs no introduction, but he's been the imam at Masjid al-Taqwa uh, for over, uh, Sheikh, uh, is it almost 40 years now? Yeah, 40, 41, 42 years. Absolutely. 41, 42 years, alhamdulillah, in Brooklyn, New York. It is a, a staple community in, in New York City. And you know what? I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade, I w- I wouldn't trade this masjid for no masjid in the world. You know, they were advertising for two masjids in California, right? Paying the imam $250,000. I said, what? You're serious? Right? And you know what? I'm very grateful for what my community give me. Alhamdulillah. I mean, and I don't I don't complain. Um, I love this community. Allah bless us now. You know, we first started, uh, we were like 25 members, 100% African-Americans. Now, on the average Juma, you're talking about like 1,300 people. And we have now like um, 30, about 39 different nationalities. So now the African-Americans in my community, maybe 20%, maybe 25%. So it's been expanding and and people, they just come. The more we expand, the more people come, alhamdulillah. And we're appreciative. You know, we the average Salat, we have, a, we have hundreds of people, average Salat. And it's like, I love every, I mean, we love each other. We, you know, we come and we actually love each other. Every day we come to the masjid and it's an absolute pleasure um, to be in this masjid, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. I have a couple of questions just from that, Imam Siraj. The first is, I've seen a couple of times masjid be built with the purpose of serving a particular demographic. I've seen masjid that are built just for converts, like this is, this is, or you know a particular ethnic group or what have you and then it almost seems like it's just inevitable that it becomes uh not a monolith but rather something that's representative of of how pluralistic our society is ethnically is that something that you see as being positive is that something that you do you wish that there were more massages for example that specifically served particular communities See to me all of the above. I um I support any kind of masjid anywhere. Um, I I've gone to masjids, helped to build masjids for one ethnicity, for instance. It's okay. There's some localities where certain people live in a certain you know area, and so we're called upon to to help them. So I think whether you're building it for you know a community, a grown community like 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 my community that have some senior citizens or whether you're doing it for the youth or whatever you're doing it for, I think all of it is good. And uh, I love to do it. I love to uh, participate. I love to help. 
Um, and uh, in anywhere, I, one of my favorite organizations is Mass. We have a fundraiser this weekend for Mass in New York, and can't wait, can't wait to participate. Um, I'm one of the one of the speakers, and whether it's ICNA, Mass, um, uh, Mana, all of these different organizations that seek our support, I'm happy to do it. Inshallah. So Imam Siraj, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of a personal journey before I I, I do the question. Okay. So, Alhamdulillah, like I've known you far far longer than you knew me. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I kind of <laughs> grew up grew up in your shadow, Shaykh. So my my father father in law, I mentioned this actually, were part of the organizing team of the Ahmadidat Jimmy Swagger debate at LSU. Wow, is that right? Yes, and you were the 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 the, the beautiful moderator, still beautiful, Mashallah. You By know, the way, I just came back from South Africa. Oh, Mashallah. <laughs> came back from South Africa. Yeah. Allah, um, yeah, in the commemoration of that and the great work that he Subhanallah. did. Subhanallah. So you have that history, Sheikh. You got the his your own history there in New York. I'm I I I mean, I, I've heard it many times and I could hear it over and over again. Obviously, many of us grew up in the Dawah listening to your cassette tapes. We didn't live in New York, but you know, grew up on your cassette tapes. Alhamdulillah, from Azza Taqwa. I still, I've still got them, by the way. Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm going to try to sell them for a million dollars in, in you know twenty years or something. <laughs> you know, if we're still around, but um, and then, and then you know, I I remember coming on to the Dawah scene, and you know, I used to attend your lectures at conventions and stuff like that. And I remember the first time having to speak on stage with you at Ikna Atlanta probably 2008 or 2009 and right. having to be on stage with you and, and, and being really humbled by that. And then, you know, subhanAllah, even Hurricane Katrina, you, you talked about this love that you've had for everybody. When Hurricane Katrina hit, I remember you driving to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where we had our shelter there. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that. I remember and that. receiving you there in, in Louisiana, 2005. And just everything. I mean, I, there wasn't a time that I that I called upon you personally. I can testify to this for anything with the masjid, um, except that you came down and that you honored that request. And I, I just want to ask you. I think off the bat, you know, mashallah, you mentioned this this love, alhamdulillah, that you've had. You know, as, as someone who has responded to the calls of organization organizations and masajid and and you know built so many institutions across the country. Does it ever get tiring, Sheikh? Are, are we have we taken advantage of you? Have, have you know? I, I want to hear directly from you because this is after hours. You know, we're just talking in the lot. No one else is watching. It's just you know, you, you me and Ammar. You, you know, know. <laughs> are, are you are you tired of us, Sheikh? Have we exhausted you at this point? Not at all. You know, um, when I was born, I don't know if you ever heard this. Um, my mother told me that my uncle saw me in the day I was born. He said he's going to be a preacher, right? And so um, when I was in the in the church, I taught Sunday school. In 1968, 69, I joined the Nation of Islam. I became a minister in the Nation of Islam. In 1975, alhamdulillah, when Allah blessed us to follow the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing mm -hmm. be upon him, I became an imam. So I can't help myself. Like, it's in my blood. Now, I knew that. People told me that, you know, when I was young what my uncle said, but my mother told me recently that uh, my aunt said the same thing when I was born. He's going to be a preacher. And all I can say is that this is the great love that I have. 
I remember that when I was seven years old, I was living in Marcy Projects. It was a Sunday, and I was getting ready to go to ready to go to church, and I was getting dressed. And uh, I said to my mother, and I want you to look at the, the body language. Well, I've got to go to church anyway. So my mother took out a belt. And she hit me <laughs> twice. He said, now you understand why you got to go to church? I said, yes, ma'am. Um, but alhamdulillah, I was blessed three or four months ago to give my 89-year-old mother shahada from my hands. Wow. Allah. So, so the same one Allah. made me go to the church. Now, alhamdulillah, is a Muslim. And made me the happiest, the happiest man in the world. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. I, every you know, I, I knew that you were trying to give your mom dawah. I never knew she took shahada. Subhanallah. So, mashallah, tabarakallah. May Allah give you the reward and and give her thabat and firmness on this faith and uh, allow you Sheikh, and you her. What? To be with, Let with me the tell you something. Person. You know something? I don't get tired of this, man. I don't. I love it. You know, it's um. You know, I just love, I love people. Uh, even in my own community, I'm telling you, every Salat, it's like, it's crazy. I got to shake everybody's hand. I can't shake everybody's hand. Every Salat, you know, but we love each other, alhamdulillah. And I am so grateful to be a Muslim. Um, have you ever heard of Lou Gehrig? Yeah, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig was a great baseball player for the New York Yankees. You know, he was diagnosed with a disease. They named the disease after him, Lou Gehrig's disease. And um, he gave a, a very famous speech, and he said that I consider myself the luckiest person on the face of the earth. And I really believe and feel myself the luckiest person on the face of the earth. And I don't say it to be corny. I say it to be to be truthful. I am so every day grateful to the fact that Allah guided me to Islam. And I'm just happy. I'm just happy. Imam, Imam Siraj, we can't transition from this, man. Huh? I'm, I'm, we can't transition from this. I'm stunned. I'm sitting here stunned right now at the amazing of your mother accepting Islam. We can't go from there. We cannot go from here, Sheikh. I need to hear every detail. Washallah, tawarakallah. I'm so happy. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you yes. something about my mother, right? She, yes. One of the beautiful things, like I was in New York University when I joined the Nation of Islam, and my mother was always supportive of me. Always, you, you know, and um, and be honest with you, actually, she took Shahada years ago. Let me tell you what happened. My mother and my stepfather, Lloyd Sage, we we loved him. Me and my brother loved our stepfather as much as we loved our dad. But anyway, um, my mother invited us uh, for for dinner, um, and uh, my son Muhammad at that at that time was five years old. So my mother said, "Bless the table." And my my son said to to my to my mother he called her Granny he said Granny, when are you and Papa going to become Muslim anyway, right? So uh, my my mother said and my stepfather Lloyd Sage we, we call, they called them Papa we said we must we, we we might as well do it right now. So technically they took Shahada then. Mashallah. Those years ago, but they didn't. They didn't <laughs> um. So this time, Alhamdulillah, a few months ago, my mother took that. From Shahad, alhamdulillah. I have a lot of friends, Sheikh, um, who obviously they converted to Islam and it weighs heavy on them, you know, their parents. And so I'm sure it weighed heavy on you for a long time. And so my question is, is, um, you know, how did you resolve it? What was your patience like? What was your endurance like? What was your du'a like? What was your, uh, you know, expectation if if she didn't pass, if she if she passed away? 
without having come to this moment? You, you know what? You know, we in the color, you can't guide people whom you love, but Allah guide to the straight path, whomever he pleases. So we never stop. Uh, and because my mother was so um, accepting, she accepted everything. She never, she never gave me a difficulty. I've always believed that she would eventually take Shahada. Um, but you know, it's something that I wish all members of my family become Muslim. Um, so you know, you 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 make effort as much as you can. And my mother's an incredible, incredible lady. She was a nurse for many years, and then she became a guidance counselor in the school. Smart articulate, um, you know, and loving. So she was always a very good person. I mean, you know, I always thank the law for her. And just all I can do is say, be patient with anybody, anybody, our friends, our family members, just be patient and try to be the very best example you could. And she loves her son. She, can I tell you her, my nickname for my mother? Whatever. Should I say publicly? Please. She calls me Marshmallow. So, oh, my marshmallow! My marshmallow <laughs> came to visit me. My marshmallow. So I'm, I'm marshmallow. Mashallah, mashallah. Imam Salah is like we, you know, on on a personal level, Subhanallah. My entire da'wah, I, I, all I think about is my mom. You know, I, that's literally all I think about is is you know, inshallah, that Allah accepts this on her behalf. You can't. I, I can't tell you how happy I am because. You know, I pray that Allah will accept all that you do now and, and she'll have a share of that as well as her own Absolutely. taking taking shahada towards the end of her, you know, well, may Allah give her a long life, but in this old age, subhanAllah, I mean, like that is I mean that is stunning. And, and I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful to Allah, alhamdulillah. Uh you know, when when the Prophet came back to Mecca, the story of Abu Bakr's uh, father. Abu, Abu Quhafa taking shahada at that point, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu crying because he, he said, I knew how much the Prophet wanted that for Abu Talib. Yeah. I knew how much he wanted that. Absolutely. And uh, it, it is sometimes really devastating to the heart to, to and of course, more so the, the, the person that's in that situation. You know, some of the, the, the best people, some of the people that dedicate their lives to da'wah and they don't get to see that moment with their parents. Absolutely. Absolutely. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it as such uh, for all of those noble brothers and sisters that are in the da'wah that they see that special shahada of, of, of their parents as well. Uh, they see their parents embrace Islam as well. Well, I'm working on my working on my brother now. He's one year older than me, and he knows all about me. Yeah, Imam Suraj Wahaj. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know, you know. So we we talk. And he's very, very, uh, very smart man, very educated man. Alhamdulillah. And Allah give him he die on your hands. Everyone who's watching say, I mean, I mean, ya Rab, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him hidayah on, on your hands, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Imam, I have to ask you, you know, uh, as well, subhanAllah, and this is, it's hard to move on from that. Like, like, like Sheikh Ammar said, we can just stay on that the whole time, you know, just the parents. But when you became Muslim, when, when you first came to the realization of the truth of Islam, that this is it, and, and, and it entered into your heart. Uh, I remember you talking about how you wanted to give da'wah to everybody. Like you wanted to write letters to everybody. You wanted to just give da'wah to everybody. If if you're sitting, you know, however many decades ago uh, in your room and you're thinking, you know, 30 years from now, I want to look back. 40 years from now, I want to look back. 
and this is what I want to see as in regards to the fruit of my da'wah. What would that be? What would Imam Siraj 40 years ago be thinking about when he's sort of mapping out, you know, da'wah in, in, in my family, da'wah in my community, da'wah in New York, da'wah beyond? What, what was going through your mind? You know, it seems to me that as much as I have done, uh, I can do so much more. Um, I, I, you know, I think back in the days of the Nation of Islam, Malcolm X, you know, Muhammad Ali, and, and all of that. And I remember what I did in the Nation of Islam. I knocked on thousands of doors trying to invite my people, African Americans, to, to Islam as I understood it. Um, one day, um, I was the minister over the temple in New York and Brooklyn. And I told, the, there's a captain, Richard Adex. I said, and he used to drive a school bus, right, for the children. I said, can you get the bus? He said, why? I said, I want to go drive around the neighborhood. And he got the bus and we drove around and came to a park. And I said, this is what I want. I saw a group of people um, and I went in the midst of them, black people. I said, Islam is the religion for black people. Get in the bus. And about 13 of them got in the bus and we took them to the temple. Um, I'm saying that we, Allah blessed us to come into the fullness of Islam, alhamdulillah. Why don't we do stuff like that? How could I leave my job to sell a 25-cent newspaper every day and to go knock on thousands of doors? I want to have that same kind of spirit um, so that we can have a better impact on the people. I think that Muslims can do much better. So we have to organize better. Um, you know, the audience is bigger. The audience is not just Black people. It's including Black people, but it's also the uh, our neighbors. It's everyone else. In, in the country. And I think more than ever, the world needs Islam. America needs Islam. I, I, I watch the news every day and I'm saying, gee, we got we just got to do better. And whether the people accept or not isn't the issue. The issue is, are we at least striving to do that? So if I can look back and say, um, what what could we have done? I say we could have done more in the, in the field of da'wah. My, my love is da'wah. Um, so I, I want to see us do more. And I, I intend to do that. People in my community know that we have some plans to go back, to go on, go into the society and, um, and try to have a better impact. You know, um, what's his name? Albert Einstein. He said, the world will not be destroyed by people who do evil, but by those who watch them and do nothing about it. Mm. And so it's happening right now all over the world. You see it happening in this country. And so, yeah, there are people do evil, but what are we going to do about it? And so Imam Siraj, you know, you hearken back a lot to the, the, the da'wah or the, what you learned through the nation of Islam. And it seems like they took you through a, a particular developmental process. Like, did you, do you feel like much of that was taught to you or was it that you were, you know, a lot of it is part of your innate personality because how do we replicate it and how do we scale it ourselves as the Muslim community? Let me tell you the number one thing I got from, from the nation of Islam. And this, when I told you I was at the um, uh, Doubletree Hotel years ago, I never forgot that every room had a card that says, when you care, it shows. And really, when you look at the nation of Islam, say what you want to say about the Aqidah. Say, well, you know, they're not fully practicing Islam or whatever. They didn't know the Quran. But one thing they had, they had love and care for their people. I that's that was the process in the nation of Islam. 
if anything else, what we we love, we learn to love ourselves because you gotta remember, black, black people used to hate themselves. So one of the great things about the nation of Islam, they taught black people to love themselves. You know, to when I was a student at New York University and I had a a big afro. Uh, my afro was so big you can lay on a plane on it. So I was uh, into the black, you know, had me a, a goatee and and had wore dashiki. So that was the time that we started, you know, to love black people. I, I remember the very day I joined the Nation of Islam. I know the very suit that I wore. And, and my point is the number one thing we learned is to love black people. That was the process to learn to love yourself. And um, and, and I think and then the way we went. And then from there. Learning to love black people, then learning to love people, and and you know when I became a Muslim in uh, 1975, I, I I have a love for people. Like I'm telling you, 36, 39 nationalities in my in my masjid. We have every kind of complexion, and I love them all. So now you know, all you know, of it is expanded. You know, just a testimony to what you said. I I, I know of a sheikh in in New York who, you know, New York was probably the hardest community other than maybe D.C. that was hit after 9-11, just under the radar and under. And he got caught up in a case after 9-11, and, and nobody wanted to go to his court hearings. Nobody. He's an Egyptian sheikh. And so he said, he said, one person that I remember seeing in the courtroom was Imam Siraj. Is that right? Yes. And he said, and he was like, he said to me, Zayel Asad. He said he was like a lion in the courtroom, just, just going like this to me, like, keep your head up. So he said, I never forgot that. And so one thing that I do want you to mention is how important is it? Like, you probably don't even remember this, but how important are these little interactions as an imam, as a da'iyah, to be there for people in their moments? Has, we have to do it. Um, you know, become second nature now. Um, in this, it, it, you know, the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, said, uh, You never go to Jannah until you believe, and you never believe until you love one another. So we have this genuine love, you know. Um, so uh, Allah put it in our hearts. He knows how much I love my community. Um, we have a brother in my community from Bangladesh, right? Uh, Fajr, he always comes to Fajr with his son. And I noticed lately I hadn't seen his son. I said, where's your son? He said, bad news. I said, no, you tell him Imam Suraj want to see him. And so a couple of days later, he came. He came for a couple of days. So they're having, they're having struggles. But I'm saying to you, I love uh, the brothers in the masjid, the sisters in the masjid, the African-Americans in the masjid, uh, those from different ethnicities. We, we love them. They're, Allah put, put this love in our heart. So wherever the Muslim is, you know, everywhere, you know, whatever struggle they have, then we're going to be with them and um, inshallah. And also, I still have the love for the people. I want to go and do better. I'm not satisfied with what we have done uh, in terms of the people. We need, we need to get on it. Muslims everywhere need to get on it and show that we really care uh, for the masses of the people. Imam Salaj, I think, uh, what, what, you know, when you're talking about the love that that you had for black people and then the being your own people and then the love that you had for all people. I, I think there's also something else with the nation of Islam. And I'm, uh, I think you would agree. There was also a courage, right? The boldness of that, right? That it wasn't just the love, it was the courage to go out there and to uh, express that. And what I'd want to ask you is, 
you know, you saw Muslims pre 9-11 and you saw Muslims after 9-11. Oh, Omar, you think about this, right? Think, Omar, think, think about this, right? Think about it. Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you, sir. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the thing is, um, I have to admit, Nation of Islam, courage. You said it. Just think about this for a moment, right? Me selling by myself a 25-cent newspaper, going into the projects, going to the roughest areas. And you know what? They never bothered me. They never bothered me because there was a certain respect that the black people had for the nation of Islam. They felt that the nation of Islam, two things, that number one, they love their people. Number two, they don't take no mess. We trained, all of us, we studied. We studied martial arts, all of us. We studied, you know, and we're not one afraid of nobody. And there's instances, I, I've spoken about it publicly, where I go, I went into a building when I saw two guys there and I knew they were going to try to rob me. I knew it. And I still went in. And, and 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 took out a newspaper and put it under the arms of each one of them. And I said, give me 25 cents. And one guy to my right took out a gun and said, you know what? You just can't rob a Muslim, put his gun back in his paper and give me 25 cents for the newspaper. So there's a certain kind of courage that we had in the nation of Islam and a certain kind of respect. Imam Talib told me once in Harlem, there was an African-American woman. She was walking down the street in the evening and some two, two men were, looked like they were following her. So she picked up her pace. And they picked up their pace and she started to run. They started to run. And just when they're about to grab her, she had a hoodie on. The hoodie fell off, revealing a kimar. And they stopped and said, oh, sister, I'm so we're so sorry. Oh, please, please forgive us. Be so, oh, we're sorry. So the Nation of Islam had a certain kind of respect in the community because what they showed in their love for the for the, for the people. So I think that's part of it. So, Sheikh, you, I think the connection that you're hitting on, you know, not just love and courage, but self-respect versus the, you know, or, or how that's tied to the respect that others have for you. And, and you know, a lot of why we launched this podcast and it's kind of a perfect conversation is you've seen the da'wah pre-9-11 and the way that the da'wah has changed after 9-11. And maybe the tenor of the da'wah and the community sort of going into self-preservation mode and, and a fear overtaking the community that definitely affected the tone of the dawah but it's, it might not all be bad you know maybe we we shifted in some good ways maybe we shifted in some bad ways i know you're an optimist mashallah so you always got good things to say but what I have am. you seen over the last can't help you know, myself what, <laughs> alhamdulillah what have you seen exactly. shift, the exactly. shift how did how did 911 affect particularly the dawah as you see it and the way that the community views itself and views uh you know our, our brothers and sisters who aren't muslim in humanity right you know, there's a saying that African Americans had, right? These are white folks, right? So it's like we, you know, we don't. We have a saying like we don't. We don't eat rabbit meat. We ain't afraid, right? And I know that what happened nine eleven. People were scared. Muslims were scared. They were nervous. You know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't go out. And uh, we did just the opposite. We felt that it's necessary for us to represent ourselves. Um, so I think. People coming out more now. Uh, I just got came back from Detroit. In Dearborn, some of the Muslims are, are, are fighting, arguing about pornographic uh, books and stuff that they're putting in, in into the schools. So they're coming out now. And all over in America, you see Muslims standing up as they should in every part of the country. So I think that uh, Allah has given us some courage um, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue. But the courage isn't to say that we bad guys, 
yo, man, we tough. No, the courage is that this is Islam. And we're here to benefit, um, uh, um, what's the name, Toynbee, Arnold Toynbee, said that Islam is the only answer for all of the, the for, um, for America, for America to be, to become better, for the world to become better. Islam is the answer. We believe that. So we're not trying to, you know, get something from, you know, we're trying to give something. And what we're trying to give is this, this message that will be beneficial for everybody. Imam Salat, with the love that you have for the Muslim community, have you ever been disappointed in the Muslim community? And number two, have the what? Have you ever been disappointed in the Muslim community? And number two, how do you deal with disappointment? I can't, you know, I can't be disappointed. It is what it is, Sheikh. You know, when you study history, you find out people are <laughs> who they are. But you keep on going and you keep on, you know, you keep on preaching. Uh, let me tell you something about a man that you heard about named Muhammad Ali. I hung out with Muhammad Ali. And, you know, he was a great brother. Most people don't realize there was a brother in Chicago named Amir Ali. who used to make these da'wah pamphlets. What is Islam? Who is Muhammad? And people don't know that Muhammad Ali would buy cases of that. And whenever people ask for his autograph was always, I'm, I'm walking down the street in Manhattan, cops are stopping. Can we get your autograph? So Muhammad, Muhammad Ali gets one of these, these pamphlets about what is Islam. He signs it and he gives it to them. So the thing is that people are how they are, you know, people. And so but we have to be who we are. And the, the prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, didn't have it easier than we have. These people fought him. They tried to kill him. They killed some Muslims. And yet the prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, he kept on and he kept on. And we have to keep on, you know, keep on. And I'm an optimist, you know, and I believe that um, that it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. The constant dripping of water on a stone would drill a hole in the stone. You know, not a tornado, earthquake, you know, hurricane, but it's consistency and keep on letting people know who we are. You see, you change some hearts. Be I know you've got a, I know you've got to run. Um, I just wanted to. This is sort of a comment and a question, inshallah, sort of in, in, in closing. But a lot of times we don't tell people how much we appreciate them, and or we don't tell them how much we appreciate them in public. Imam Siraj, we love you for the sake of Allah. We credit to you the work that we do. Yaqeen is on your scales, Sheikh. I told you that when you came and visited us here, alhamdulillah. Al-Maghrib is on your scales. Sheikh Muhammad al-Sharif, rahimahullah, always talked about you and how much he loved you. I remember when we spoke about, about you together, I actually can remember the vivid conversation of Sheikh Muhammad al-Sharif and I speaking about how we need to do more for Imam Sadat, more for your community, more to honor you and the legacy that you have. Um, so a lot of times we don't tell people how much we appreciate them. Imam, I just want you to know all these, the, all of us are children on the Dawah scene, and and you know we we've learned from you, and we've benefited from you, and we continue to benefit from you, and we ask Allah to reward you for it, and we ask Allah to bless you for it, and we ask Allah to forgive any shortcomings on your behalf and any shortcomings that we have in, in carrying the torch uh, forward um, that that you've handed to us with with strength. Alhamdulillah, I mean, may Allah forgive us for that. Thank you. Uh, Thank Advice, Imam Siraj. What's your last but, nasihah? But how much, how much have, wait a minute, wait a minute, but how much have I gotten from you and the rest of the Muslims? You know, I, I appreciate it that um, the Muslims welcomed us, you know, and um, with all our, our short comments, you know, they welcomed us. 
Um, and may Allah bless. I remember years ago, I used to go to it, but I would go to my notebooks, you know, and I learned so much. And I think I remember one day someone said to the head of the president, of Isna, you know, this guy Saraj Wahaj, you know, he can he, he can give a talk. And I remember my first talk with, at Isna, uh, they put me on. So they said, okay, put this, you know, put him with Miss Yusuf Islam, right? <laughs> first talk I gave to Isna, I'll never forget. When I finished my talk, about 13 people came up to me and said, um, can we get your contact? So that's that's when it began. So it's a it's a mutual love, man, really. And you too, Omar, Omar, all the years and all the you know the wonderful things that you have done, you continue to do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to bless you, Yaqeen, all the good work that you do, man, give you an abundance of good. I'm just a little guy, man, trying to trying to make a little contribution. I mean, you know, uh, Sheikh Omar, I don't know if, if you were aware even when uh, speaking about Al Maghrib Sheikh Muhammad al-Sharif when we did Um Fest in New York. Way back in the day, we had a conference and we had Imam Siraj Wahaj as the surprise guest. And Sheikh Muhammad, uh, Rahimahullah, he made this beautiful video. Uh, I, I think it's still available online of a testimony to Sheikh Muhammad. And he told him <laughs> that when he went to the University of Medina and the Sheikh who was interviewing him asked him and he said, who do you want to be like? And he said, I want to be like Imam Siraj. And uh, <laughs> both uh, Al-Maghrib and Yaqeen and inshallah, much more than that are on your scales. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you and preserve you and accept from you. Thank you. I mean, Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Love you guys, man. Keep up the great work that you're doing. We love you too, Imam, and we appreciate your time and we don't want to take advantage of it. We're just going to tell everyone to please Imam Siraj, how can people support Masjid Taqwa and how can people find your work online? What's what, where can people find you? We're gonna send on? some, we're gonna send, we'll send out um shortly, maybe the next day or two, some of the ways that you can help. You can always you can always send some money. That'll that'll help. But we're gonna send the plans and exactly what we, we intend to do, and then you'll get the information, inshallah. inshallah. Thank you. We, we, we love yeah, you, Imam. Jazakallah khair. Thank you. Mutual. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.